in our second part of our Lego series. Everybody say Legos. Now, come on. How many of you guys love Legos? Everybody loves Legos. Legos are awesome. No one raised their hand. Okay, so I love Legos. And so for you guys that maybe weren't here last week, um, um, as I look through Scripture, I see that most of Jesus' teaching involved stuff. He just grabbed something that was around, and he would begin to use it to illustrate God's goodness, God's nature, God's ways. And, um, you know, he would take uh, seeds, and he would, talk about, he would talk about the kingdom of God and the seeds. He would, he would talk about sheep and goat. In fact, he identified, he said, he, he said, you know, sheep are like followers of God, and goats are like those who rebel against God. And to this day, I can't stand goats, and I like sheep, and I don't even know why, but it's because of Jesus' illustration. It's not like poor goats did anything wrong, they're destined to hell or something. But we see that all throughout Jesus' teaching, instead of being didactic, in other words, he didn't just take the, uh, the, the book of Isaiah and read through it. What he actually did was he topically, as the people's needs were presented in front of him, he would teach according to what they needed to learn and grow. And then he would use these little illustration pieces, these little stuff. So I thought, why not do that um, here in this little series? And so last week, if you weren't here with us, we, we actually drew clips from the Lego movie from about, uh, about like 2016, I think the movie was that. It's hard to find good movies uh, to draw clips from because most of them are so wicked and vile. Or, and uh, I know you watch them, but that's okay because I don't because I'm so holy. And uh, no, I, still, I was just kidding. I watch movies too. And uh, but, you know, I just wanted to be able to try to illustrate some truths to us out of God's words by using this. And so today, this piece of the Lego series, we're going to, each one of you should have been handed a little piece of Lego at this point. Did everybody get their little piece of Lego? Keep that close uh, because my goal is that every time you uh, find this in the washing machine because you forgot you put it in your pocket at church. Uh, but every time you see a piece of Lego, I'm hoping that it will spark a truth out of God's word that I want to bring to you today. I'm so grateful that God is so um, gracious to Hill City. In fact, our key scripture today is found in Psalms 133.1. If you'll turn there with me. As you turn there, this, uh, the subtitle to this piece is Made to Connect. Made to Connect. Um, <clears throat> have you found Psalms 133.1? It'll be on the screen for you. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Whose people? So, talking about the wicked people of the world? He's talking about God's people. So, if it's good and pleasant when God's people live together in unity, what is it when God's people live together in disunity? What is it when God's people don't live together, don't come together? It's brokenness. And I would propose to you that over the last three, four years, I have watched every demon in hell do all that it can to disunify the body of believers. I believe that everything, according to scripture, that we wrestle is not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. I believe that every piece of tribalism that has stirred back up, uh, I can't like you because of your skin tone. I can't be a part of you because you voted a little different from me. I believe that that has all been demonic attack to keep the church from being the church. 
to disunify us, to break us apart. But I tell you, not here at Hill City, in Jesus' name. I'm telling you right now that we are a multiracial, multigenerational church. We got folks that see things a little differently in doctrine, and we've all come together to dwell in unity because how good and pleasant it is when God's people come together. Everybody say together. Let's try it again. Say together. When we come together in unity, and that's the reason why we're going to be using these little Lego pieces to help you see this. So as I jump into this, I want you to know, first and foremost, that God made you to connect. Would you write that down somewhere so you won't forget it? Put it in your, in your iPhone or something. God made you to connect. You were made in his image. Last week, we covered that out of Genesis 1:26, where God says, let us make man in our own image. Let us, the Godhead, three in one. Uh, or as some have uh, identified it as the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, dwelling together as one, but three distinct units. To let us make man in our own image. God made us in his image. He made us as he is. See, God himself connects. Do you realize, I, I appreciate my Muslim friends, I love them so much, but the way they present Allah is that Allah is in one, one face, one God that lives outside of any connection with any of its created beings. And I'm so grateful that that's not the true picture. We were created in the image of our God, the one true God. Our God dwells not alone in some dark place. Come on, somebody. He dwells together, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, with all a host of angels around him. Our God connects next with beings. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Our God made us in his image because he loves us. God made us not just to connect with him, but to connect with each other. We were created to connect with each other. We were not created to live alone. We were not created to be isolated. This is the work of the enemy to pull you aside, to isolate you, to get you mad at everybody. I can't tell you over the last 20 years and all the ministry that I've done, how many times at Starbucks or sitting outside of Chili's waiting to go inside and start ministering to someone, how many times I've heard, I love God, I just don't love the church. Frank, can I tell you something? God loves the church. So how can you hate something he loves? Are you tracking with me? God loves the church. So will the church hurt me? Well, listen, welcome to life. Go sit in the bar and see how many people will hurt you. I mean, life is about loving and getting hurt and growing through it. There's not a person in this room, not a person in our church that's been married more than 25 years that hasn't had some kind of experiential hurt between them and their spouse. The truth of the matter is I hurt you, and if you really love me, you'll keep loving me through it and help me overcome it and keep me from hurting you again as you and I grow together. You track and say yes. See, if you call it love and the moment I hurt you, you walk it away, it was never love it was infatuation and we got so many people who are infatuated with God they like the concept of going to heaven but they don't want to walk through the he the hell on earth to actually be connected not just with him but with each other called the body and the moment that you start being nice to somebody you have put set yourself up to be hurt because love hurts there should be some song about that love hurts anyway and so so I need you to understand to love one another and to connect with one another means are going to be difficulty. That is true. But God himself made you to connect. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return on their work. Do you know why we're not changing the world? Because we're not connected. We're not doing it together. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend, it's not talking about your spouse, his friend can help him up. But pity the man 
who falls and has no one to help him up. Pity the man. So all these people who are like, well, I'm just going to love God from a distance. I'm going to love God, but I'm going to love the church from a distance. Friend, pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. I fall all the time. You fall all the time. I'm so grateful for the brothers and sisters that I'm connected to that come and pick me up, my old lazy self up, and dust me off. Say, come on, let's try again. Pastor Adam, you got this. You okay. You're not going to give up. You're not going to quit on God. You're not going to quit on us. Friend, can I tell you something? Miserable is the man. Pity the man. Who has no one in their life to help them get up. You are created to connect. God is connected. And God made us in his image. And we were made to connect. We were made to be together. In fact, when Jesus came to the earth, why didn't he just set up a big temple? Back it up. Why didn't he come in this time frame? Where he could have just podcast to everyone in some secret place on the planet. Where no one could touch him. Why did he come in time frame, in historical time frame, in a place... In a time where to a people who have been enslaved, who've, who've gotten out of slavery, miraculously, the Jews, but now have been overtaken by the Romans and the Greeks, and they don't have full control of their own lives and their own heritage. And, and so as a result, they're in constant battle. There's much prejudice. There's all these. Why did Jesus come into that time frame? And then why didn't he just go around and be the holy one? Why did he pick a team? And not only what kind of team did he pick, he picked a team of knotheads. He picked a bunch of knotheads. And he did life with them. Multiple times he goes, oh. How long must I suffer with you? Can you imagine? Jesus did life. He rolled with 12 other men. He took care of them. They took care of him. They walk this thing out together. In fact, I believe there's something very special for you having 10, 15, 12 people in your life, brothers and sisters in Christ, that you can do life with. We don't do small groups because that's the cool thing to do around churches around the United States. We do small groups because when we first got saved, my family first got saved, there was a group of people that we met. Met them at my baseball game. They were saved. We had just got saved. We started hanging out together. They started having some times over in the living room. Pop would pull out his guitar and start playing. He didn't know any Christian songs. We start playing it, and the neighbors would come over, and they would like, we can't keep our marriage together, but we hear you guys are Christians. We'd pray for them. Miracles would happen. I'd come home from football, and there'd be a living room full of people. And I'm like, are we going to eat? What are we doing? And they were worshiping God and praying and crying, and God was experiencing God, uh, and God was uh, engaging them. All of our neighbors are getting saved. And I thought, this is the church. This is what I want to be a part of. I appreciate the big production and all that, and I think there's a beautiful place for it. But at the end of the day, who knows you? Who knows you? For when you fall, they can help you up. We don't do small groups around this place just so that you can, uh, you know, can, can you know, be like everybody else in the church world. I need you to have friends. I need you to have Christian friends. I need you to be connected. What I love about Legos is how they connect. I mean, that's the fun part about the whole thing, right, is that, they, is that they, they make something. You know, you put them together and you build stuff. Now, back in my day, it didn't come with instructions. You just kind of had to be creative. You started putting them together, trying to make things. And you would, you know, you didn't have, like, like nowadays, they got all the how to make the Batman image and all the little pieces. And they got all the little instructions, and you're supposed to somehow figure out how to do those and put them all together. And, and so, you know, I think that's kind of cool, but I would much rather... If uh, I would much rather have 
the creativity to just kind of take the pieces and begin to kind of put them together and, and make something really, really cool and just like, like what you can make with them and, and use all the color schemes of them. And I, I just, I enjoy the fact that, you know, you could build something and as they connect, see, see this, this is just a bunch of little pieces, but when you put them all together, they can actually make something. They can actually build something worth having. And, uh, and, and the Bible actually talks about how we, the body of believers, are supposed to come together. And as we do, many little parts form something very beautiful. I'm this little piece right here. I am not Hill City. We're Hill City. I, I can't connect to every piece personally and us do anything great for God. There's not enough. I can only connect on three or four sides. So if you're waiting for the pastor to be your divine connection to God, you are walking in ignorance, and that's a lack of understanding. See, we're supposed to connect to one another. And as we connect to one another, we build something great. The church, or as we like to call ours, Hill City. We're the body believe, but this part's connected to that part. In fact, let me, let me quote it to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all the parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. This is how it is with Christ, every part. So every part has to be different. Aren't you grateful that we're not a bunch of yellow parts? Aren't you grateful we got some blue, we got some red, we got some yellow, we got some brown. Come on, son, we got some black, we got some white. Aren't you grateful that it's not all the brand new parts that everybody, oh, they're so cool, they're so new. Aren't you grateful we got some older parts that have been around, that know how to stick a little bit better than everybody else because they've been doing it for so long. Aren't you grateful that God says, my church is a bunch of parts brought together. Oh, but the enemy's plan is to do all he can to break off those parts. To knock those parts loose. Because then it doesn't look like the church anymore. No, then it just looks like a bunch of lo losers. Because together we win. Apart, we lose. He made us to connect. I, I just can't express this enough to you. In fact, let me teach you. Some of the things that the scripture says that when we connect, the power that happens as we connect. Write these down. These will change your life straight out of the word of God. Number one, the power of connection. We find Jesus right there. When we connect, when we come together, as we begin to build our lives and trusting one another and hurting one another and figuring it out, Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, for two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Look what he says. There I am with them. When you come together in that unity, in that commitment of relationship, I'm going to be right up in the middle of that. You say, I just don't feel God. I never experienced God. I just don't sense you. I don't know where he's at. I try to go through my day. I go to church. I just don't feel God. That's because you're not connected. Because in connection, where two or three come together, there he is right in the middle of it. In fact, the Bible actually says, and when they agree on anything, it will be done. So the enemy's plan is to get us disagreeing so that nothing great for God can be done. But when we come into agreement, can I, can I just help you? We can have unity with not having the same opinion about everything. What 
got, you got to get this. If you're waiting for everybody that you love to vote the same way you, you vote, you in trouble. God made us different to see things different. We value things different. I tell people all the time when I do pastor's conferences, I'll do this with them. I'll, t- I'll tell them, I'll say, how many of you guys believe that worship's a very important part of the church, that you better have worship preacher? Oh, yeah, yeah. How many of you guys believe kids ministry? Oh, we got to have good kids ministry. Yeah. How many good preachers? Oh, got to have good preachers. How many of you need to have just nice facilities so people can feel comfortable and not run down and rats running? Oh, we got to have nice facilities. How many of you guys believe the facilities are more important than the children's ministry? Why? We value all those things, but we just may value them in a different order. See, everything that you value out of the Word of God, I probably value too, but I may just value them in a little different order. That doesn't make me not fit to be connected to you. That just means that you have a different side. You look at it from a different angle, and I look at it from a different angle. But together, he's in the midst of us being unified and fighting for that unity. You're tracking, say yes. So every demon in hell is trying to keep you from being connected to another believer. Connected to, from your church. Actually, that's the goal of every spirit that's on the planet trying to destroy. And I'm telling you, it's, they're having a really good go at it. I can't tell you how many times that I just engage with people that just don't get it. They say, oh, but I don't really connect well, Pastor, because I'm an introvert. Really? Well, let me ask you this. Introvert, would you be comfortable spending 40 days out in the wilderness by yourself with no one else around? So yes, I would. Hmm, well, that's what Jesus did. I don't know if Jesus was an introvert, but I'll tell you one thing he did. He's in the middle of a party on a barge. They're all partying, and he goes underneath and starts going to sleep. Now, how many people are on a party barge and says, y'all go ahead, I'm going to go and just take a nap or something like this? I mean, I, I don't think we can say that Jesus was this great extrovert versus introvert. I think we were all made to connect, and however you connect, you need to connect. You may not be the life of the party and walk in the room and say, I am here. <laughs> but you doggone can be the person who sits over there in the corner and goes and says hello to that little lady that nobody else has said hello to. You can absolutely be the person who just kind of watches and, and enjoys the moment without having to be the big voice and the big personality in the room. I don't know that Jesus was always the big voice and the big personality in the room. I, I don't think me, like you think, take me and say, hey, PA, would you like to spend 40 days out in the woods by yourself with Jesus? No. That does not sound exciting to me. Like, I don't know who to talk to. After a few minutes, I, you guys would come find me in a nut house because I'd be losing my mind. Like, I've talked to the trees, I've talked to the birds, and I'm done. Listen, if you're tired of being isolated, let me help you. In this church, one of the first steps you ought to take is go connect in our grow track. We put the grow track together so you can find a way to connect, so you can figure out, is this church the kind of church I want to do life in? You need to stop dating us, and you need to figure out if you're going to marry us. You need, to, you need to stop flirting with us, and you need to decide how deep in relationship are you willing to go. Because we can't help you grow. We can't help you mature if you don't connect. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. And you can pull out your phone right now. Go to our website, shameless plug, hillcity.us, backslash events, and you can find Grow Track there. Sign up for the Grow Track, and you can come and sit with us for four weeks and find out your purpose, find out your giftings, help you understand who we are as a church, where we spend the money, who we are, and then decide, do I want to connect or not? And friend, can I tell you something? You need to connect. God made you to connect. You need Christian men and women in your life. You need other people in your life who love God the way you do, and you need to grow. Are you still there? Say yes. Here's the second power of connection, and that is when you and I connect, 
our faith is encouraged. Our faith is encouraged. Do you ever get discouraged throughout the week in your faith? I do. Do you know the average American cusses between 80 and 90 times a day? And when you do the research on why they use foul language, it's because they're frustrated. Frustrated. Something happens driving down the I-20 that causes you to lose your mind. But our faith can be encouraged when we're connected. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I believe the day is approaching. And he says, all the more, knowing that the day is approaching, you need to be connected with some other believers and spurring each other on to good works. Come on, you can do this. Come on, don't talk to your kid like that. You better than that man of God. Don't post that. What's wrong with you? You lost your mind. You're a godly woman. Don't do that. Come on, you're spurring each other on towards good works. Come on, have you ever been on a team that they spurred you on to goodness? Have you ever played on a team that just got in there and just said, come on? And I love what he says. He says, and don't stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing this whole thing with COVID and all that is to keep us from meeting together I'm telling you what the demonic forces I'm not blaming it on government I'm not blaming it on medical person well I wrestle not against flesh and blood but principalities and powers there has been a divisive thing from the pit of hell to keep you and I from being connected because when the church is connected the Bible says there's nothing that it cannot accomplish when we are together in unity, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish for Jesus Christ, our Savior. When we come together, separating us out keeps us from being able to have power. Bringing us together in unity causes us connected together, causes us the power of God to be able to flow through us the way God intended it together. I love what Dr. Tony Evans said recently. He tweeted this out. He said, I can't do his what? I hear, I hear. There it is. I hear people say that I I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. They're absolutely right. Salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone. But you don't have to go home to be married. But stay uh, stay away long enough and your relationship will be affected. When Dr. Tony Evans says it, I say, yes, sir, yes, and amen. What an amazing man of God. So true. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You're a Christian by faith in Jesus Christ. But when you're in relationship with not only God, but his family, which is what he calls us to, to be together, one. The further, longer we stay away from each other, the more we lose relationship. And that's why some of you are so insecure about your brother and sister. Because, you know, you hadn't seen them in a while. You only saw what they were posting last month. You had to got to sit down with them and say, like, what do you mean by that? Like, what is that? And when we come together, the power of God begins to flow through us. And that's where our faith is encouraged. Uh, You know, I played um, team sports in high school and junior high. And there's nothing more impactful than being in the locker room at halftime and you're down a couple touchdowns. You know, you're sitting around and the coach comes in and gives that speech before you know it, you're all jumping up, hitting your head up against stuff, you know, and hitting each other and so bad you're spurring each other on the good works. Yeah. Have you ever watched golfers or tennis players try to spur themselves on to good works? It's the funniest thing. 
I was watching a tennis player the other day, and he was down, and he sat down on his little bench, and got his little towel, and put it, and he's trying to talk to him. You can do this. You can do this. But everybody's watching him. The camera zoomed in on him. You can do this. Whereas when you're on a team and you're spurring each other, come on, are you with me? Come on, you got this, boy. You got this. Let's go. You can run it out here. Da 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 da. Cause these guys believe in me. I believe in them. Let's go. It is hard to encourage yourself in the Lord like that. I'm going to just tell you. Lined up, I'm down by seven strokes. Hold on just a second. You got this! You can get up! Okay, let me, let me line that ball back up. Why? Because by yourself, it doesn't have the same power as being together. Here's the third truth that you and I can learn about connecting. And that is when we connect, we find healing. That's not my own doctrine. That's straight out of the book of James, chapter 5 and verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Therefore, confess yourself to the priest. Therefore, confess your sins to the pastor. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. I didn't make the scriptures up. I'm sorry that other people have manipulated them so that they could have power over your life. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be, what does it say? Can you put the scripture back up? Because they, they don't trust me. <laughs> so that you may be healed. Healed. We're connected. You call that Hill City member and you say, listen, I'm struggling right now. All right, we're coming over. We're going to bring a couple, couple of small groups guys over. What's going on? Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't got hooked into looking at porn again. Come on, let's pray. As you begin to pray, the Bible says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Healing begins to transcend. See, when I, when I repent to God, he forgives. Lord, I, I repent of my sin. But, and here's how I explain it to people. I see sin as this, as the enemy stuck an arrow in me. Ah, oh, I did it again. God, forgive me. And I see God pulling that out. But then there's left a, a wound. And it's when I go to my brothers and sisters and say, listen, I, I, got, I stumbled again. I, just, ah, I love God. I know he's forgiven me. And they begin to pray. That's how I picture it in my mind, that we may be healed. Who do you do that with? You're riding in your truck and you're repenting about the same thing over and over and over again. You're constantly oozing and oozing and oozing because your pride won't let you connect with other people, the other parts of the body of Christ. So that you can have humility and unity together that will bring forth healing as we pray and we come together. I love this. I, I, it, it's supernatural. I, it's supernatural how trusting other Christians with our difficulties will bring us healing. That's just supernatural. God made us to work together as a unit. It's not about being perfect. It's about being perfectly imperfect and serving God together. That's what this whole thing is about. And I bring you to the next piece. Start wrapping this up for you. The power, if you will. And that is the strength to overcome the evil one. When we come together, when we connect together, the power of connecting together, it gives us strength to overcome the evil one. Revelations 12 and 1. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. 
Who overcame? They overcame. Interesting that it didn't put it in first person. And you will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That it put it in this person. That they, as a unit, the church, the body, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. How many of you have felt, no show of hands, but how many of you have felt isolated this last two years? This COVID thing's going on almost two years. How many of you felt lonely? How many of you felt unheard, uncared for? How many of you felt that way? And I'll tell you that reason why. Because the enemy has had a plan to disconnect you. He's had a plan. He's been working his plan pretty good. And I know we've been fighting against it. But I'm telling you, there's some stress fractures in this connectivity. There's, there's some pieces that are just kind of barely hanging on, you know, just kind of about to fall off. And I'm calling you today to reconnect. I'm calling you today maybe to connect for the first time. To find brothers and sisters in Christ that you can get close to, that you can begin to grow in. Because the strength to overcome the evil one comes in our connectivity. Oh yeah, God flowing through us, the supernatural power of God. Yes, we're individuals, but we're individuals that are all body parts that come together to make one body. And he said, well, I'm just not like you. Exactly. I don't want you to be like me. We need a mini. We need a little toe. That's exactly what you are. He said, oh, I'm just not like you, Pastor. You're always so positive. I'm just not always. Yeah, you got to have a kidney. Kidneys filter out all the poison. We're so grateful for you. Thank you, Jesus, that you were made like that. You, you create drama. Hallelujah. And you, you know, God made you that way, but not so that you can propagate confusion, but so you can filter that stuff out and bring peace. And so every one of us are different parts come together. You're needy. So I've been looking around. I don't like that about the church. Ooh, look at you seeing that. See, that means you're called and anointed to help us be better at that. Yeah, I tell you, that kid's ministry could really use some help. See that you see that? That's the Lord. Hallelujah. See that you see that? Because I don't even see that. Because I'm not called to it. I'm not made for it. The fact that you see that and know that and have some ideas about that, that means you're called to it. That means that you're a part that could work in that place. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Galatians 3 is my favorite passage right now. Galatians 3 and 26. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You got to understand the prejudiceness that Paul is dealing with in this hour. You got to understand the tribalism, the, 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 the barricading behind their own little walls that was happening in this time frame. Even in Jesus' own 12, there were those who wanted to overthrow the government and felt like the government was wrong and had systemic error in it, and they needed to be overthrown. You had those that were, you know, that were fishermen who hated the tax collectors that were on the team. You have these divisions even on Jesus' own team. Paul is dealing with this 50 years later, and he says, let me just remind you that in Christ, there is no Jew and Greek. Jew and Gentile, because the Jews saw the Gentiles as not being able to even be saved because they were pagans, because they didn't have the mark in their body of circumcision to prove that they actually followed Jehovah God and would submit to the Torah, to the law, 
to the law that was given and what righteousness was. So even within the pagan, they had systemic wickedness that there's no way in the Jewish mind that a Gentile could ever even truly love God properly because they didn't have it in their DNA and in their understanding on how to bow properly to the teachings of the Torah. They couldn't do it. And Paul is saying in Christ, all of that is dissipated. In Christ, and, and you got to understand, in this time frame in ancient culture, women were considered as property. They weren't considered as valuable. Now, the Greeks had tried, you know, the Greek women had found a way up to outside of that, but that was still very deeply rooted in Jewish culture. And we see very clearly that as Paul goes down this list, can I tell you what he's doing? He's pointing out to them what Jesus did on that day when he died on the cross. See, the way the temple operated was there was an intersanctum. There was a next level that certain ones were allowed into, and a next level that certain ones were allowed into, and a next level where certain ones were allowed to. No Gentile was allowed past the first gate. So he starts with, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. That wall has been tore down. In Christ, and he continues on, male or female, and he keeps tearing down the wall until we get to the very last inner sanctum in the way the temple was built. The last big veil, the last big temple, the, uh, the last big uh, barrier between us and God. And he literally is taking us through each one of these barriers and saying that in Christ, all those barriers have been torn away. And that we all have free access to the Lord our God. And we all come together as Jews, Greeks, come on somebody, male, female, Scythians and barbarians. In another passage he talks about, all of these are in Christ. We are in Christ and we are one. And this is what the enemy is after the enemy is after us being one in Christ and wants to have us all debating and fighting against each other because of our because of our skin tone because of our culture because of how we were raised because where we came from financially because how we were educated or not educated but friend we are in Christ and there are no barriers in Christ somebody ought to shout amen I don't know what you're doing but that's what we're talking about today and the enemy would love for you to disconnect and has created that in churches all over the world. But here at Hill City, especially today, every time you see this little piece, you need to understand. That's why I gave it to you to take home. That you are called to connect. You don't, it does, that piece is worthless if it's not connected to something else. What makes it all beautiful is that when it connects and every part playing its part, it makes something powerful. And bigger than its individual self. We are building the church one piece at a time. Every soul is important. Every person connecting or trying to connect to this body of believers is radically important to God. He relentlessly loves them as should we. Are you tracking with me today? Say yes. The power of the destruction that the enemy has to try to destroy us. And I want to just give you two, two or three practical thoughts as closing actions to this message how to connect here at Hill City some of you are not real sure let me just give you a couple pieces I've already mentioned the grow track number one if you haven't done our grow track you need to go check it out I want you to know what we believe why we believe it how we believe it it happens on Sundays there's an online version of it as well you can connect like that but all you have to do is go by our small group comments and ask them about it or you can go online and register for it here's the second big way that you connect at Hill City, and that is small group life. Small group life. This is not, this. listen, I'm just telling you, you're going to be miserable in this church not connected to small group life because we built this whole church on you having relationships, being in friends. I have the ability 
to be the kind of preacher that everyone's drawn to my messages. I move in the gifts real strong. I can move in healing and power and prophetic utterances, all those kind of things. But years ago, I was standing in front of 10,000 people, and I was ministering. I preached for 30 minutes, and I called 25. I said, if you're a leader, come forward. And I started laying hands and doing what I do, supernatural miracles, healings, people falling out in the spirit. I'm giving prophetic words with a translator. Boom, 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 boom. I'm watching blind eyes open, all these things. This is part of marks of my ministry. Did that for two hours. I'm exhausted. They tapped me on the shoulder. I said, Pastor, you have to stop. You're supposed to be inter being interviewed by Telemundo right now. And I looked up, and there were 8,000 people still waiting. Like, when's my turn to touch the ma mighty man of God? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, look what you've done. You drew him to your giftings instead of drew him to me. And in that moment, that's when he showed me. He said, from now on, I want you to pray for people who will pray for people who will pray for people. From now on, I want you to... Do your rightful part. Stop trying to be everything for everybody. Set up an opportunity for everyone to grow and be who they're called to be. And so that's why you don't see Jamie and I exhausting our giftings to impress you. That's why we do small group life because every one of you are called to help somebody else. Every one of you have gifts. You can move in prophecy. You can move in words of knowledge, words of wisdom. You can lay hands on sick people and they will, will recover. That is the work of every believer. But somehow we've taken the dude, the little dude up on the stage or little chickola on the stage and said, oh, they're closer to God. As if I never, ever have anything bad in my life. As though somehow when I wake up in the morning, my clothes just supernaturally come on my body. That when I eat, the calories just never even enter into my body because I'm so anointed. Like, are you crazy? I'm just one piece. Are you tracking with me? We're all the church. Every piece is so valuable. So I need you to do small group life. There are two ways to connect in small group life. First off, there's organic. Organic way. That's how we started this church is organically. And so the reason why we do connect time, and some of you just sit there like, I can't wait for this to be over. We're doing that because I want you to meet somebody that could be your friend. The reason why we got a giant foyer with, with cafes and all, do you think I want to compete with Starbucks? We're not making money. We got little volunteers running that. They're not professional, you know, coffee people. You're like, I know that, Pastor. That's the truth. I know that. They volunteering. They doing it because they love you. Because we're trying to create a space so you can meet some people. You little weirdo, stop running out. Like, like, come on. I'm trying to give you an organic space that we get up and let's go find someone we don't know and meet them and say hello. And maybe, just maybe, this could be your new friend that you sit around slapping bones and playing spades together with without cussing each other and getting drunk. Are you dragging with me? Maybe, just maybe, you now have a friend who loves Jesus too, who can start texting with you and saying, yeah, pray for me too, bro. I'm about to go murder my boss right now. Pray, pray. Then there's a second way that you can connect in small group life. First way is organically, just try to let you have it. And then there is, you know, the second way, which is artificially. You can go to our website right now. We list every small group leader who said, yeah, I got a little space. I can let some people into my life. And they got a little space. And you can go try to, or, you know, artificially, do I like you? Do you like me? Click yes. <laughs> you know, I get it. People are finding their spouses on dating apps, you know. 
It would never work for Jamie and I. I mean, if I saw her online, I'd be like, no, nah, I don't know. That's weird. I'm a different generation, so artificially works for some of you. And so we got that. We got the small group commons. You can go by there and say, I, I don't really know anybody. And they're like, well, let's try to help you find someone. And we can try that. So there's organic and there's artificial. They both work. I'm not demeaning either one of them. But I'm, try I'm trying to help you get Christian friends. Oh, my God. You're killing me. I'm trying to get you connected because I know the strength and the power of connectivity according to the Holy Scripture. I'm not making this up so we can grow our church. I need you to have people that you can confess your sins to that you may be healed. I need you to be connected so you can use your gifts somewhere. I need you to have Christian friends that can strengthen you in time of hardship and you're trying to find the pastor and he's not there for me. How many can I be connected to? How many pieces can I... There's not enough sides for me to connect to everybody. We are supposed to be connected together. And here's the third way you can connect here at Hill City. You still there? You still love me? And that is what we call serve teams. Serve teams. You know, giving a little something to your church and helping pull off the services a little bit. Worship team. You've got, you got welcome team. You can, can I just help you with something? We need nice people to stand at that front door. You say, I'm nice. There you go. And can I help you with something else? I can't have all white people stand at the front door. I'm just being real. And so I'm a black dude walking, I'm like, well, who are all these white people standing over this door? I thought this was a multiracial church. I can't have, listen, I can't have all just white and black folks. I need some, I need some fuego del Espíritu Santo. I need someone to stand there and say, oh, amigo, hey, let's go. I need, I need come on. I can't have all people standing there with, so glad you came. I need some young folks. I need some vibrant folks. I need some young people. I need some old. I don't need all young people. Praise God. Come on in. Hallelujah. I need some older, mature people. Come on, welcome. It's, it's not as loud as you think it is. Come on. We, we can fix it. I need somebody loving them kids, man. We need come on. Everybody's got a little piece you can play. And while you're doing that, guess what you're going to do? You're going to make friends. You're be like, dude, you, you, you ride motorcycles too? Yeah, what you got? All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I ain't going to tell you what I got because <laughs> it's a lot better than yours. Anyway, but I'm trying to help you connect. All right, that's enough about that. Come on, stand with me.